Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we're good. So welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Broncos, there's a lot I want to talk about tonight. But just off the cuff, since you had the article for us, and it was really amongst maybe one or two other newsworthy topics that came out today, the Broncos signed a guy. Yeah. To the practice squad. First off, how was your day off and how are you, bro? And tell us about that guy. I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Unfortunately, I have to work, you know, with the Cowboys being on. But, you know, I'm, it's also felt like it's been a thousand days since we saw a Broncos game, Chad. So I'm kind of looking forward to the Broncos being back in action. But in terms of the player that they signed, his name is great first name, Zach Johnson, a second year former undrafted free agent out of North Dakota State, big guy. I think he's 6'6", 315, tackle and guard experience, 46-game starter in college. He earned some accolades there as well. And you know what? Uh, on the practice squad at this stage of the season, he spent his entire rookie year with the Packers. He he played. He was on the Cardinals active roster a, about a month or so ago. So that experience and having more depth in the building, I think, is important. And on the Broncos practice squad, he's the fourth lineman, Chad, but only the only guard. The right. rest are tackles. And they need someone there. You know, they're one injury away from having who after losing Graham Glasgow. They have Quinn Miner starting now. Reisner's been shaky. They have Natani Muti, but really no one after that. So in terms of, again, a Week 12 signing on the practice squad, not too bad. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets do my eyes deceive me or does this cat spell it with the uh obligatory oh, k you know he does i'm oh, a big we, fan of this guy Chad. we now have a new favorite in the heart of zach kelberman yes. we know this 
I'm rooting for All him. right. So, yeah, second-year undrafted guy. We'll see, man. We'll see. Definitely uh, the Broncos need some bodies on the interior. You're right. After you get past Quinn Miners and Natani Muti, you know, you got, I guess, Austin Schlotman. But last I checked, he was on the reserve list, right? The CD Activated list. today. Activated today. So there's some more news for you. Guys, before we get into any more uh, of our content for today, and by the way, it's really great to see you guys. Hope everyone is uh, enjoying their, I don't know if this is a thing, Thanksgiving Eve. Hope if you have traveled for this Thanksgiving that you have also included planes, trains, and automobiles as a part of your Thanksgiving ritual and that you made it to your destination safe and sound. Travis, appreciate you, bro. Firing up the smoker in the morning, we eat at 3 LOL, hoping for a win this weekend. I'm smoking a turkey, too. I'm smoking a turkey, too. Um, but we got a jersey to raffle off, all right? So, as you guys know, we ran we, – for the, since the football season started, or it's, it's a new tradition here at MHH, we set a stars goal on Facebook. Stars, for those of you who don't know, it's like a super chat on YouTube. It's a way that community listeners, viewers on Facebook can support what we're doing here on a show-by-show basis. And so what we've done is we've set goals each and every month. If we hit the goal, we're going to raffle off a jersey or whatever it might be uh, to the winner. And the only people in the running all right, are the people who contributed to the goal. And the more someone contributed, the more tickets they have in the hat, so to speak. All right. So this month, Zach, November, we set the goal at 200,000 stars, crushed it. We almost got there by November 15th, missed it by two days. But still, we hit the entire month goal by November 17th. And so Easy we're going to we're gonna go ahead and raffle off that, that name and announce the winner right now. Now, we'll go through and show you what the YouTube update looks like for our Super Chat Superstars because we're doing a similar thing on YouTube, only it is top five finishers on Super Chat go into the hat and will be uh, selected, raffled for a Broncos jersey of their choosing. That one we got to wait until the end of November to do, and that's only a few more days from now. So uh, good things come to those who wait. Without further ado, let's go ahead and draw this out. The suspense. Randy. There's Randy Jones, baby. A deserved what? recipient. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Let's do one runner-up for like a special swag. Thank you. Right on. Lampy. Andrew Lampy. So, Randy Jones, you have won the Broncos jersey of your choice. Let us know what it's going to be, what color you'd like, um, whose name's going to be on the back, all that stuff, all right? And then, Andrew, also congrats to you, and thanks to both of you. Thanks to all of you, all right? Yeah. We need an email from both of you. And even if we have corresponded in the past, just make it easy on us. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Answer the question, Randy, on what jersey, size, all that stuff, and then we'll need your address. So congrats. Thanks to each and every one of you. Uh, Andrew Baker jumping in. Appreciate you, bro. He says, happy Thanksgiving. Mil and by the way, Andrew, I know your time's coming, dude, for the drawing. I have a feeling. He says, happy Thanksgiving, all uh, meal prepping, trying to make some mom's macaroni salad after she passed three years ago hold on to your loved one especially your mom if you still have her i feel you big dog i lost my mom in 2016 and we have a she had i should say a family recipe that we have kept alive for thanksgiving and christmas as well what we usually trot it out for sure on on thanksgiving and that's something that she called rice dressing 
most people, Zach, they think of, you know, turkey and dressing, that bread and stuff like that. This is different. It's rice dressing. It's basically rice, some sausage, some spices, some, you know, my wife cooks up the recipe, but nevertheless, I feel you, Andrew, best wishes to you, my friend. It's not easy uh, living, moving on without mom or dad. Well, first of all, let me say I would eat that, Chad, for sure. It sounds amazing. Second of all, I, I don't know who saw Matthew Judon's comments. We're talking about Thanksgiving sides for a second here. You mentioned macaroni salad. He said mac and cheese doesn't belong on the table. What is Matthew Judon smoking? I don't understand. <laughs> it, it, is it a regional thing, Chad? I don't really understand because mac and cheese has always been a staple. It goes with any meal, but definitely belongs on a turkey day you know, I do think it might be a regional thing. I do. Um, or not even so much a regional. It's a f- family culture thing, right? Every family has its own kind of holiday culture. And, um, you do know, you like it? I love macaroni and cheese. It's not something we we cook up for Thanksgiving. It's not on the table. No. Huh. Maybe no. it is a regional thing. So but you like it. He thinks it's just course. noodles and cheese. Oh, and my, my retort was, what's wrong with that? That's, that's the whole I'll, point. I'll tell you what I do. If I make, and by the way, guys, we're going to get to some Bronco content. Hang with us. You know we love you. If I'm making some, let's say, uh, <clears throat> you know, in a box craft mac and cheese, for example, I will make that, and we'll grab Yvonne here. I will make that, and I'll follow the recipe, all right? Al dente, though. I hate the soggy noodles, Zach. Miss me on the soggy noodle. I want just a little bit of bouncy chew, right? And then once I got it all ready to go, I'll throw in some of my own cheese, right? A little yeah. Parmesan, a little mozzarella. If I got it, stir it up real quick, just makes it a million times better. So I love mac and cheese. It's just not something I've ever viewed as um, Thanksgiving. That's weird because I see some comments, Chad, that kind of uh, echo that as well. Kenneth Patterson, uh, Colby Collier. Never had it on their Thanksgiving table. Maybe, you know, maybe I just grew up that way. But I, I love the blue box and also Cracker Barrel. The pre-packaged oh, yeah. uh, comes sure. with the topping. It's it's oh, I yeah. smash that always. So yeah, mac <laughs> I'm and cheese. Hungry. Exactly. We're talking more. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate the topic. Uh, Yvonne says, "Can you imagine?" By the way, we'll do a super chat update just in a moment. Um, Yvonne says, "Can you imagine winning this weekend and the face?" Uh, and facing KC for the division in early December. Your thoughts? It's feasible. It's definitely feasible, guys. Like mathematically, <clears throat> you know, if you want to put on an optimistic, you know, lens, so to speak, the Broncos control their own destiny. Now, if the playoffs started this weekend, the Broncos would be on the outside looking in. There's about three teams ahead of them on the outside looking in. Then you got the teams that would be in. So, you know, they need to get to plus 500, even one game above 500, if they can live there for the most part, Zach, entering the last two weeks, even if they stay at at, uh, 500 entering the last two weeks, they have a really good shot at at least a wild card. But look, your division leader has only one fewer loss than you do, right? The Chiefs are sitting here at seven and four. You haven't played them yet this year. You're five and five. The world is out there. It's ready, life on a plate, if the Denver Broncos have the wherewithal to serve it up for themselves. They control their own destiny. You know, mac and cheese might not belong, but a Chiefs victory might definitely belongs for the Broncos on their Turkey Day buffet. Uh, you know, so much has happened, Chad. The Broncos' Chiefs game got flexed in Week 13 to primetime Sunday night football. 
And I don't really have a great feeling about that. You kind of hit on the point I wanted to make. The time to play Kansas City was earlier in the year. It seems like if you've watched them lately, the scoreboard or the box score might not reflect it totally, especially last week against Dallas. But their offense is finally coming around now. And their defense with Chris Jones stepping up and Melvin Ingram there now is getting a lot better. So I, it's not a great spot for the Broncos to go into. They don't usually play well in prime time. They're playing their heated rivals who are just kind of getting things clicking right now. I mean, technically they're in it, but until they prove, Chad, they can even beat the Eagles of the world consistently, what faith do you have of them making the playoffs right now at this point? It's pretty slim. I mean, it really is pretty slim, but I liked what George Payton had to say about it here in just a minute. Congrats, Andrew. Yo, yo, yo. Some big-time stars for a big-time superstar. We love you. Don't forget to shoot us an email. We'll send you a little uh, care package. Courtesy of Chad, Zach, Scott, all the dudes here at MHH. We appreciate you, bro. Zach, what I wanted to point to, you and I had a very brief conversation on this topic um, about an hour ago. But George Payton, when he held court on Monday, and then we'll grab uh, Tom here, he did not want he, he, he met with the media only to talk about the Cortland Sutton, Tim uh, Patrick. That extension. didn't last very long. <laughs> didn't last long, but he did a pretty good job of trying to kind of keep it there yeah. uh, and whatnot. Anyway, literally the last question of the uh, day was on the subject of, all right, you're coming out of the bye, George. What's your outlook here? And I really liked what he had to say. Let me uh, Let me pull the quote real quick so you guys can see here. He said, quote, we've talked about this, meaning, you know, media guys, I've answered this question. I just want to really leave it to talk about Tim and Cortland. We've talked about the team. I still believe in this team. Obviously, the last two weeks, it's been up and down. But you saw what we can do when we put it all together against Dallas, close quote. So I really like that um, because it shows that he understands that this team is underachieving. All right. When I say I liked it, I mean, it shows me he's got his finger on the pulse of reality. He saw that when this team puts it together, they're as good as anybody. They're, they're a force to be reckoned with. But why can't they put it together consistently? That's what he's got to be asking himself. You know, I pulled the same quote. I had a story about Peyton pinpointing the reason why the Broncos offense isn't explosive. And they rank 19th or worse in every major category he pointed to injuries. So when you say rooted in reality, I think he's not so much in that aspect. When you look at the play calling, the quarterback play, individual efforts, but mostly the coaching on offense, that is the biggest reason why. And I laid it out there in the article. And as I wrote him saying that, I still believe in this team after what we did at Dallas, when we're healthy, we can click. He's dancing with those who brought him, Chad, so to speak. I mean, he was foisted these players I have a feeling he was kind of coerced into trading for Teddy Bridgewater, and he knows now sitting where they are middle of the season, he's not going to make any wholesale changes. He's stuck with these players. He's rewarding those who he thinks uh, deserves the rewards, and they certainly do Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. But he's also not being, I think, honest, or at least openly publicly honest, about the biggest issues plaguing Denver. And that's definitely not injuries. They can survive those. You can survive losing your number three receiver and your right guard, who is not that great to begin with. Yeah. When you don't adapt, though, and you rank 19th in rushing despite having that backfield, when someone like Sutton, who Peyton just paid, gets three targets in a game they pass 36 times, that's not injuries. That's coaching. Tom El Greco, appreciate your patience up there in Canada. <clears throat> Pardon me. You the man. 
He says, do you guys think Peyton is saving Drew Locke for his QB for next year? I'm pretty sure some teams have inquired about Locke in the, uh, around the trade deadline, guys. I really don't, no. I think that when the Denver Broncos made the decision, we've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. When the Broncos went with Teddy, all right, that signified the death of the Drew Locke era in Denver now and in future. Is he under contract next year? Yes. Will I be surprised if he's still a Bronco this time next year? Yes, actually. I wouldn't be shocked uh, if they tried to trade him or, you know, he can't be happy. You know, not that Zach, that Drew Locke has much of a, you know, power um, standing to play here. But if I were him, I'd be talking to my agent, screaming to high heaven at the end of the season. Get me out of here, dude. Just I'll I'll just be miserable and make everyone else miserable till you get me out of here because it's a dead end for me in Denver. That decision signified that for Drew Locke. Yeah, trading for Teddy and naming Teddy the starter, Chad. That was killing the horse. The horse was deceased at that point. But when Teddy Bridgewater is limping badly, when he's concussed and he's has these slew of lower body injuries, he can't even move properly, he's a detriment to your team, and you still don't give one single thought about putting in Drew Locke. That was the point where the horse was beaten, the dead horse was beaten, and that signified the end, I think, of the Locke era in Denver. They're riding it out right now, and something you said on Monday night I think is a realistic outcome of a veteran quarterback, rookie quarterback, or Drew Locke starting next year, Locke is the unlikeliest option. And I think considering how cost-controlled he is right now, because he's still signed for next year, why not trade him then? He's not in your future plans. Peyton's going to have a fairly high first-round pick. There's intriguing guys coming out. There's veteran options out there like Rodgers, Watson, Wilson. Why hang on a Locke? If you've stunted his development and you signaled you have no faith in him, you can't suddenly respark that, Chad. It's a one-way yeah. exit. If you have no faith in him, which it doesn't seem that you do. Now, it's one thing to say, hey, he's our kind of what-the-heck in a in an emergency situation option, but that's a far cry, Zach, from having faith in a young quarterback as a guy that holds within him the potential of being your franchise guy. So the Broncos are definitely – it ain't Teddy next year and it ain't Drew next year. Unless, here's my one qualifier. Unless, Zach, either Teddy Bridgewater goes on a romp to end this season, which I don't expect to see. Or the Broncos either make a quick decision to replace Teddy, you know, after a couple games into the post-buy down the stretch run, and Drew comes in and offers up a similar finish that he did as a rookie and leads the team to some success. That would alter things, but neither one of those at this stage, Zach, seem very um, plausible. Travis saw that the Dolphins claimed Philip Lindsay. Glad yeah. he got picked up. Still a fan of his. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that. That was, I guess I shouldn't say it was bizarre, but because it is the NFL and he had garnered exactly two offensive snaps the game prior. But what do you make of his unceremonious departure from Houston after signing a one-year deal worth $3 million and some change? Well, I'm going to give him some shine right now. I don't know if you've noticed him, Chad, in the comments on YouTube, but AJ Hart is like the biggest Philip Lindsay hater alive. I don't know if he's his uh, arch nemesis from middle school or something, but uh, he does not like Philip Lindsay. So I'm sure AJ somewhere out there is, uh, is uh, healthy about that. 
happy about that. Excuse me. In terms of Lindsey, he wasn't getting used in Houston. I don't think David Cully knows what he's doing. They'd rather run David Johnson, all 58 years old of him in the ground, and not get Philip Lindsey carries. They also have Rex Burkhead. Remember him? Uh, of the options where he could have landed, though, I mean, Miami's a good opportunity for playing time right away. He has to beat out pretty much Miles Gaskin, uh, Ahmed, Ahmad, whatever, how you pronounce his name. There's not an established RB1 in Miami. So, I mean, I, I don't know that Phil is ever going to be the the staple running back, a franchise RB1, like a Javante even, perhaps. But as a situational guy, I want him to get some playing time just to show what he can do, just to help out an offense. I never viewed him as a true bell cow. He's just not, he doesn't have the size to be a bell cow guy, right? Like a 20 totes, a game guy that could hold up for a full 16, 17 game season. But I did view him nevertheless as a star running back. And I still think he has star talent. It's a matter of, I'm not very optimistic. It's going to work out for him in Miami. I don't really trust that offensive situation, but what Philip Lindsay needs is to land or go somewhere, even if it's on the cheap next year, go somewhere where there's a offensive coordinator, a creative offensive coordinator that has a plan for you. Claude Riley, uh, appreciate your bro. He says, no better way to kick off the holiday than spending some time with Broncos country and the huddle up pod. Thanks guys for everything you do. Go Broncos. Hey dude, appreciate that. My friend, let me tell you where Philip Lindsay would destroy Chad. And I think you might know the answer as well as I do. And that's new England. Oh, yeah. The way they use the running backs and Josh McDaniel's creative play designs and play calling, I think he would be a beast there. No doubt. George Fox, appreciate the the message, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. The stars, everything you do for us, big dog. Tarbox says, I'm no pro scout, just a lifelong football fan. But I watched highlights of the quarterbacks entering the draft next year. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett stick out for me. Yeah, they're they're interesting. They're all three of those guys have interesting, intriguing traits. Um, don't sleep on Carson Strong. Got a little bit of a knee thing history that uh, is going to have to be kind of gotten to the bottom of here, fu- fully examined. But today, here's uh, Eric Trickle's first mock draft of the 2022 draft cycle. I'll show you guys. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you'd be stoked on this. This is, of course, assuming the Broncos hold on to their picks and don't trade them away to, uh, you know, land an Aaron Rodgers or something. But here's what you got in the first round. You got David Ojabo. Uh, Ojabo? Uh, uh, how did he say it? Anyway, this cat is a, is absolutely an animal, a stud rush uh, edge rusher from Michigan. He's kind of getting eclipsed by his teammate Aiden Hutchinson in terms of the uh, – Hype, but this dude is a stud. So if the Broncos landed him somewhere, you know, ostensibly top 16, we'll see where they finish, but I'm going to guess somewhere in the bottom half of the league. Uh, and then in the second round, Zach, Carson Strong, I I would consider that to be a pretty um, solid first couple of picks to open up 2022. But if it were Carson Strong, you would need Zach to have a Teddy, a Drew, a someone around. Or someone else, you know, go find a stopgap, whatever, someone to kind of usher in, you know, bridge, be that bridge quarterback until he fully percolates. Well, I I saw a recent mock that had Pickett in the second round. I don't think he's falling that far. But if you guaranteed me a quarterback at that spot, be it Pickett or Carson Strong, 
I would be okay going edge or right tackle in round one. Those are the three biggest needs when you boil it down, Chad. Edge rusher, right tackle, and quarterback. So any combination of those three in the first two rounds, I'm okay with. And it also depends on Bradley Chubb. If they're bringing him back and he has a firm contract or a firm uh, decision on his future in place at that time. Very true. Miguel, good to see you, bro. Sup, fellas? Uh, he says... Uh... Hope you and all of Broncos country have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. Very kind, brother. You as well. I guess you're, uh, I don't know if, the, I can't, I'm trying to remember what country you're in, Miguel. Mexico, I believe, right? Either way, we give thanks to you, my dog. Gratitude to you and everyone within the sound of our voice right now for everything you do for us. Here's really quick, speaking of that, the top five, this is fully updated as of kicking off tonight's show. The DWI guys on Super Chat are at the very top right now, ranked number one. Michaela right behind it, two. Najal top at three. Uh, Coach Chris at four. And Corey H at five. All right. So if we were to do the raffle, if the month had ended, we did it tomorrow. Those would be the five names going in the hat. But here's who's just outside Kayaka at six. Uh, used to be 12th. He's moved up six spots. Clayto Tornado has moved up one spot at seven. Casey Nickel has dropped a little bit. D-Dub, Dale, uh, has dropped a little bit. Sam Bam is climbing, moving from 13 to 10. Tony D-A-Dub dropping a little. Cody, uh, Dave from Georgia, Max Power, Pete, a.k.a. Geiger Gaming. So those that's your rankings as it relates to Super Chat right now. Uh, here is uh, 727 Mill. Thank you for that, Super Chat, bro. Hope you're doing well. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Give our best to uh, your family. This name keeps coming up, Zach. As Keishoguki, Keishoguki, Keishoguki TV uh, says, Doug Peterson, uh, Jim Schwartz in Denver would never would would help us. Would hold on, Jim Schwartz in Denver would help us even if it's not the popular pick. Um, anyway, the name Doug Peterson is. We've been asked about him a couple of times. He'd be a retread, right? I like the idea. I don't hate it. I like it. Is he my number one first top option? No. I think he could bring something to the table, Zach, especially sitting out for a year and kind of recharging. Dallas did that with McCarthy, right? Yeah, but, I mean, how many titles has it won them? Well, my point being, if you're going to look at a difference between those two possible situations, it's that Dallas had the uh, blessing, the privilege of a young, proven quarterback ready to go, right, that McCarthy could just tap into. Lost him the first year, but it's kind of coming together for him or it should be anyway. It's it's looked like it's coming together for him. I think you could have a similar type of trajectory with a guy like Doug Peterson, who let us not forget, you know, when McCarthy hoisted the Lombardi, that was more than a decade. It was exactly a decade prior to him getting the Cowboys job. Peterson, we're not even outside of the five-year window when he won a Super Bowl. And he did it, in my opinion, under much more impressive circumstances. Not only did he have to defeat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, Zach, but he had to do it with a backup quarterback slash retread slash journeyman, you know, Nick Foles, whatever you want to call him. There's a lot there I liked in the way he had the energy with which that team was playing. This was something I wrote about today on that George Payton article, Zach, is it's about intensity. It's about emotional constitution. It's about metal with two T's. And that version of the Eagles absolutely had it. You know, right now, I think there's two schools of thought in Broncos country as to the next head coach. It's either you want the young guy, the main guy, either Kellen Moore, 
Greg Roman, Brian Dayball, etc., etc., or you want a veteran retread like a Doug Peterson, for example, and pair him with a young up-and-coming coordinator. I saw Mike Kafka, the, uh, the Kansas City quarterbacks coach, as a potential OC pairing with Peterson. And let me just say, I still want the young guy. Um, I, I wouldn't hate Peterson as much as I would hate a Jason Garrett, Dan Quinn, um, Mike Zimmer, for example. I think there's some there there. But you have to wonder also, why was he let go in Philadelphia? If he's that great, why isn't he still employed? You have to wonder how much of that title uh, that he hangs his laurels on was Nick Foles. And how much was it Doug Peterson? So there's a reason why he's on the open market. I mean, there's a reason why he was let go and brought in for a different you know, replaced by a different coach, a young up-and-coming coach, by the way, named Nick Sirianni. I wouldn't hate it. It's just that he's not my first choice. Yeah, right same now. here. Not my first either. Not even my second or third. Uh, Miguel, my apologies, bro. I confused you. For some reason, I was thinking that. Is it Santistevan? Did I get it? Did I get it? Scott's shaking his head. That gum. But all right, cool, bro. Appreciate you clarifying that for us. Uh, Yvonne says, it's Yvonne that's... Uh, in Mexico. This I know. Can our defense stop Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense? Can? Yes. Will? That's a different That's a different question. Um, we can go through some of the numbers if you want. I mean, we're going to – we're planning on streaming tomorrow, right? Yep. Tomorrow night? Yes, sir. We'll probably keep it as – we'll go as long as you guys actually make it a conversation, right? We'll go as long as the chat dictates tomorrow night. But uh, we usually save that for the Thursday night. But – I'll tell you this. I'll just I'm not going to flash any numbers, but I'll tell you this. The the LA Chargers right now, Zach, are the eighth ranked offense in total yards as a scoring unit, though. Uh, they are 11th, but they're averaging 26 a game. Broncos are averaging 20. So that six points, you know, you think, oh, a six point differential there doesn't seem that big in the grand scheme. That is gargantuan as it relates to 10 games of a sample size in the NFL. Or eleven now for depending. I get. I think ten or where are they? They're six and four. So yeah, they got ten games too. Um, but six points. It's a big margin that separates these these two offenses. Obviously, the defense, Zach, for your Denver Broncos. Here's the silver lining. They're a top ten defense in yards per game. They're ranked ninth. So unstoppable force meets immovable object. We shall see. If this team comes out of the gate, Zach the Denver Broncos playing with some light in their eyes, some fire and some energy, all things are possible. Even with all the personnel losses this team has suffered, they can be a force, but they have to have that emotional juice. And you just can't predict it with this team. You can't count on when you're going to get it. Exactly. I mean, they can come out and look like world beaters against Dallas and totally shut down Dak Prescott. And the next week, they let Jalen Hurts run roughshod on them. We don't know who the Broncos really are at this point. We thought we knew it 3-0, then they had the four-game losing streak. And they beat Dallas, and they, and they lost to Philadelphia. We don't know who the Broncos are. So until they prove themselves, there's no way of knowing. you got to rattle Justin Herbert because so much of that offense flows through him. Even when Eckler's not running the football, he's getting the football through the air. They have Mike Williams, they have Keenan Allen, they have some good receivers there. And I feel like whoever Patrick Sertan is not going to be guarding, whoever Ronald Darby's on, is who Herbert's going to be targeting. So they have to play up to their P's and Q's. They have to have a good plan. But if they do play up to that potential and coach up to that potential, sure, they can beat them. They split last year. This is true. Shout out to Clayton. Hey, 
you are one of the most dedicated members of our community. We appreciate you. You the man. And thank you for uh, taking some ownership and reminding everybody to smash that like button. Shout out to you, my friend. Um, Scott, by the way, I think I said it right, dude. You're telling me phonetically. It's Santi, Santi Stevan. Emphasis on Steve. Now, are you saying emphasis on Steve or Stev? Santi Stevan. So that one. Santi Stevan. All right. San, Santi Stevan. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. Moving on. Um, okay. You know, these things are important to Mile High Huddle. All right. They are. Mike Reno says, I think it more so signals the end of the Vic era more than Locke. Cost control matters. What signifies, what signals the end of Vic? I'm not Going sure. With Teddy? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that was more. Going with Teddy was save the Vic era. And it was Vic Fangio saying, look. I don't even trust rolling out with Drew to, you know, cause you know, our, our whole outlook was you could have always gone to Teddy, go with Drew until proven otherwise. Cause you can always go to Teddy. Vic wasn't even feeling that for a second. He didn't want to take a chance. He didn't want to lose any game. He felt like he didn't have to, cause he didn't believe Drew Locke gave the Broncos a better chance to win than, than Teddy Bridgewater. And you know what? There's a chance he was right. We'll never know though. Exactly. There's a chance he's wrong too. And that's the maddening part is that we won't know. But if you subscribe to that, that Vic made the wrong call there, then all he was doing was digging his own grave by going with Teddy and the grave is being dug right now. And that's leading to an eventual pink slip. So I'm with you, Mike. Uh, Lawrence says, Hey guys, how uh, much love been really busy catching you on the uh, off end, but hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Any plans, just family, big dog. And then talking with you guys tomorrow night, same time. Yep. That's what we do. That's what we do. Zach, before I forget, I titled this stream, after all, Around the Denver Broncos, quote-unquote, playoff odds. Um, Not so much chances, because playoff picture, as I explained to you guys, Broncos currently are, they're in the hunt. They're definitely a team in the hunt. But they are, uh, if it started tomorrow, and I'll pull it up so you can you can get a, a visual. Let me Let me go ahead and get that queued up. But this, the, the odds makers, Vegas, the sports books, whatever you want to call it, they give the Denver Broncos, Zach, I don't know if you saw this, an 83% chance or likelihood of missing the playoffs. Sitting at 5-5 five and five with the stretch run wide open for them, five of their last seven games coming against AFC West opponents, the odds makers say, nope, 83.3% chance Broncos are missing the playoffs. First off, and then I'll show everybody the, the – uh, playoff picture as it currently stands in the AFC. What's your reaction to that? I think the odds makers are pretty much right here. And uh, you can, you can use analytics, you can use stats or this and that, or all these, these data points that people like to point to, but the eye test really never fails, Chad. And if you watch this team, like you did a couple weeks ago, this team has no business being in the playoffs. So technically they are still in it and they are still within the chase of the AFC. But when it boils down uh, I guess the percentage I'm leaning toward is the same one the odds makers feel. I don't see it happening as of right now, but you never know. Here's what the AFC, I mean, we can talk about the NFC too, but isn't it such a surprise that Arizona Cardinals right now have the number one seed in the NFC? Good for them. Um, Tennessee, though, for the AFC, currently holds the one seed, all right, at eight and three. The Ravens 
the two seed at seven and three. The Patriots, man, it's like it's like uh, the Star Wars sequel trilogy. You think that the Emperor is dead and gone forever, and that the Rebels emerged victorious, only to find later that nope, dude's still alive, trying to destroy the galaxy. That's Bill Belichick. You the the moving on from Tom Brady, I should say, moving on that whole thing symbolically was Luke Skywalker throwing the emperor down the shaft on the death star, right? Only to see 30 years later in this case, you know, one year later, basically that nope, nope. Emperor's alive and well, look at this Patriots seven and four chiefs right there. Seven and four as well. That's your top four division leaders right now. Followed Zach by the Bengals at five with a six and four record and the chargers at six and four with the sixth seed. And then, of course, as you know, the new rules, seventh team gets into the uh, postseason tournament. And right now that belongs to the Bills. So there are three wild card uh, slots open and the bubble. The Steelers uh, are eight right now at five, four, and one. The Colts at six and five, man. Good for the Colts turning the ship around. And then the Browns, 10, six and five. Raiders, 11th at five and five. Then your Broncos. So I was wrong. I thought there was three. There's four teams ahead of the Broncos on the bubble. So that might seem bleak, Zach, but look at the record differences separating these teams. Five and five are your Broncos. It's a one win. One win puts you – and look at the Bills. They're sitting here at six and four. You can get there. Well, the problem is, though, they lose the tiebreaker to Cleveland and Vegas right now. So that, that's where the head-to-head comes in, and that's why stacking victories is so important. And when you're facing a Case Keenum-led AFC opponent – you have to win that game. And that's why until they take down Herbert once, how can we have any confidence they're going to do the same to Kansas City or uh, Cincinnati who's on their schedule or another team and make their way to the playoffs? Right now, I have no confidence. Kayaka, what's going on, big dog? Hope you're doing well. Happy Thanksgiving. Give our best to your family. And uh, he's, he's saying the same and love and light with the message for Broncos country. Mount Rushmore superstar right there, Kayaka. By the way, Kayaka, I got a question for you. On your Twitter, you have it set to no one can quote tweet you. Do you do that on purpose? If so, I'm curious why. You don't have to answer in the chat, but like DM me or something. You can only like respond. Um, so like if I want to reply, so my following can see something, a cool take you might have given or something, I could like put a couple of eyeballs on and retweet as a quote tweet. I can't do that. If you have a rad take, so food for thought. Lawrence says it was being talked about today on the radio that the Giants got rid of Jason Garrett. Why can't we get rid of Vic or anyone? Well, first of all, Zach, that was the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. Exactly. Uh, second of all, you know, Vic Fangio. I'm trying to think, Josh McDaniels, I believe, is the only head coach, at least in the bowling era and beyond to have been fired during the season. That's just not something the Broncos typically do. Oh, I'm glad you made that point because someone argued with me on Twitter last night, you know, by using your logic or the 49ers going to file fire Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan's the head coach. Shermer is not the only counterpoint I would make is Joe judge, a rookie head, not a rookie, a young head coach who's so 
in over his head and swimming right now can fire a former longtime Cowboys head coach and Jason Garrett, but Vic Fangio with a job on the line has undying loyalty to his special teams coordinator of all people. It just goes to show you, if you want to make the change, you can be bold and make the midseason change. It's not all that rare. You just have to have the conviction and the cashews to do it. Joe Judge does from that vantage point, and Vic Fangio does not at all. Well said, well said. All right, guys, I'm sifting through the chat to see if there's any other burning topics on your mind. We might wrap up a little bit early tonight. It is the holiday season, after all. Greg says, happy Thanksgiving, Broncos country. It's my kids' second Thanksgiving without their mom, so we'll celebrate it as much or as little as they choose. I, th- I remember this now, Greg, what uh, what happened early 2020, right? Something something about the time that the pandemic hit is when things happened with uh, your kid's mom. So give them our best thoughts and prayers. As long as they got a great pops like you, I know they'll be okay. I was not going to say, Greg, it sounds like your kids are very, very fortunate to have you as their father. So uh, I, I wish you the best and you will be in our thoughts this Thanksgiving. Thank you for tuning in with us. Um, here's one from Andrew Baker. It says, a big if. We make the playoffs knowing damn well we don't take it all the way unless something crazy happens. So if the Broncos still make the playoffs, don't go all the way, but they make it. Does Peyton still clean house at the coaching level? I don't think so. I really don't. How could you sell it to from a PR perspective, first of all? We finally just cracked the code and got to the Dak Gun playoffs, Zach, and we're going to fire the coach. I just don't see it. Uh, depending on the complexion. I mean, after all, very few people who weren't in the know could have foreseen John Fox and the Broncos mutually parting ways. There was nothing mutual about that. John Fox saw the writing on the wall, read the tea leaves, started making calls, looking for a landing spot. And because he knew John Elway was done if they mailed it in against the Colts. And that's exactly what happened in that divisional round of 2014. And John said, look, let's call the spade a spade. I think we've reached the pinnacle of how far as we're going to get with you, coach. I'm hearing that you've already got eyes on another job. Catch you later. No, only Vic Fangio is the one who would fire a coach after a winning season. What he did with uh, Rich Gangarello <laughs> to, to hire Pat Shermer never made sense, won't ever make sense. If he does make the playoffs and turns the ship around and is the head coach and the guy to lead Denver back to the postseason for the first time in over a half decade now, or more than a half a decade now, he will be brought back. Might not like it, but results matter. It's a results-based business. They go 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. They qualify for the tournament. He's coming back. In Vic's defense, it wasn't technically a winning season at 7-9, and nine, but... 4-1 and one with Locke. That's how I look at it. There you go. All right, here is uh, here's how the rest of Eric's three-round mock shook out. So round one, edge rusher from Michigan. Uh, round two, quarterback from Nevada. Round three. Oh, pardon. Round two, still Brandon Smith. I forget about the Von Miller uh, Hall. Linebacker from Penn State. Very intriguing young kid. Needs about a year in the, in the old percolator once he gets to the league, but this is a cat similar to – Baron Browning, probably a little bit more put together and polished, in my opinion, as a as a NFL-ready prospect than Baron, but still. So Brandon Smith at two. Uh, then at round three, I'm going to butcher this kid's name just like I did this time last year before he decided to go back. Daniel Fa'alale. Fa'ale, ah, big, <laughs> big six-foot-nine, Zach. 400-pound tackle. He's gotten it 
he's trimmed it down to 370 and it's paid dividends for him but uh he, there's that and then little uh small school cat Tariq Woolen the corner uh as the final pick in round 3 so that's Eric's three round mock Zach would you be stoked on that huh that's the same mock that had the edge as the mm-hmm. round one. I, I don't like going linebacker back to back. And I respect the mock draft, but you have Baron Browning. He was a third round pick. Kenny Young looks like he can be something. AJ, before he went down, was the third best linebacker, according to PFF. And you have Josie Jewell, also a free agent. He can probably come back on a cheaper deal. I don't know that I would prioritize inside linebacker that early, but other than that, I, I can get on board. Dave from Georgia. Appreciate that super chat, my friend. Really do. You to man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And I did see your message today. I'm just realizing now that I did not respond to it. Let me, uh, since you're here with us now, let me go ahead and read his question earlier. This came uh, via private DM on uh, Twitter, Zach. He said to me, what are your thoughts on Melvin Gordon's replacement next year? I'm a little biased, but I think James Cook from Georgia could be the lightning to Pookie's thunder. Interesting. I, I have an idea. His replacement should be Pookie. Let, <laughs> yeah, let him be the guy. You don't need another guy nipping at his heels. He can be your three-down workhorse, even in today's NFL. I mean, let him cook, and I promise you, you're going to get a thousand-yard guy easy every single season. Uh, here is David Marker saying, wouldn't taking Carson Strong leave us with a Drew 2.0 project? Wait till next year, draft a quarterback um, by trying to trade this year's picks for next when the QB class is stronger thoughts. Yeah, in a sense, it's um, kind of a half measure, you know, in the in the in that if you end up seeing Carson um, fall to round two, just like Drew, you know, um, the likelihood of hitting on a quarterback in round two and beyond is pretty slim just relative to NFL history. It happens here and there. Tom Brady, you know, Dak, Russell Wilson, you could argue Nick Foles, but those are all the uh, unicorns, man. They're the exceptions that prove the rule. The vast majority of quarterbacks currently serving as a franchise or franchise caliber quarterback for their respective teams act, not just now, but in history are guys that were drafted in the first round. I mean, even Tennessee's guy was a first round pick. Wasn't their first round pick, but Ryan Tannehill, first round pick. Yeah, Carson Strong, I think he's among the the big four or five there. He's a second round prospect. And he reminds me in that sense a lot of Kellen Mond, who was on the fringes of round one, round two, probably needs a year or two, but you might have some franchise material to work with with Carson Strong. I'm right now, I'm a little down on Malik Willis. He scares me just a little bit more than he did a couple weeks ago. Matt Corral is QB1, might not be the sexiest quarterback in any draft class ever. Kenny Pickett, QB2. Someone said to me in the comments here, I get, uh, or they get Kirk Cousins vibes from Kenny Pickett. I get Justin Herbert vibes from Kenny Pickett. And if they can get either of those quarterbacks, in fact, the Broncos will be happy. Uh, GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, how are you feeling? Hope you're uh, recovering well from your uh, procedure, my friend says, guys, I totally agree with you if we have the same staff, but I don't think that we will. I have not heard Peyton say or show that he doesn't like Drew. I think we might have a surprise. Hey, never say never, right? I There's only a few things with which I will speak to from a topical perspective using any kind of absolute, all right? And it involves death, taxes, you know, and my belief in God. That's about it. Everything else, hey, 
There's wiggle room. I'm open to it. I hope you're right. I hope Drew Locke could factor in potentially as uh, a candidate to be this team's quarterback in 2022. I just reading the tea leaves guys and doing this for as long as I have. I just don't see it. I mean, at the very minimum, you can argue he conspired to trade for Teddy Bridgewater who replaced Drew Locke. Maybe if he wasn't at the forefront of that, he still made that trade happen. He hasn't come out and admonished Locke or insulted Locke like Vic Fangio did over his birthday and refuses to play him. But I just, you can feel it. You can feel the tension. You can feel the fact that Drew Locke is one of those guys, especially quarterbacks, that just needs a change of scenery. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a perfect example, you know, even if on a little larger of a scale. Randy, thank you for the stars, my friend, and congratulations for uh, winning the the jersey. You just shoot us an email, let us know what you want on the jersey, who, which player, what color, what size, and then we need your – I know we probably already have your shipping address somewhere, but still just make it easy on us. But thanks for everything you do for us, my friend. You know we love you. Desert Creature, is yes. Gary Kubiak a retread? You bet your bottom dollar he is or was. So was Mike Shanahan, for what it's worth. That was his second swing at the plate as a head coach. So the Broncos, Zach, I talked about this on a podcast last week. Their most stunning successes, if you throw in John Fox as well, as far as Super Bowl berths, were retreads. So you can't rule it out as a possibility if it's the right guy. Thank you. I mean, like anything else, context matters. It's not that you're hiring a retread. It's what retread are you hiring? And I, that's why I'd be a lot happier with a Doug Peterson retread versus a Jason Garrett retread. Context always matters. Mike says, as far as quarterback draft prospects, you never know what you're going to get, i.e. Tom Brady, sixth round. Yeah, but, you know, unicorns are unicorns. You can't hang your hat on on uh, the expectation of finding a unicorn. Even the Patriots had no freaking clue Tom Brady was what he became, right? He had, They had no idea. Or else they wouldn't have passed on him five times, right? Um, okay, guys, we're about out of time here. We'll let you guys get back to, I'm sure, enjoying your families, uh, traveling perhaps to destinations to visit family. Uh, question, is there another great Thanksgiving movie besides Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I'm a movie guy, as you guys know. I'm a movie buff. Big reader, big movie fan, big music fan. Is there a go-to Thanksgiving movie outside of the greatest one of all time, being, of course, Planes, Trains? You know, I'm thinking about it, and now that you mention it, I don't think so. Multiple great Christmas movies. But Thanksgiving, if you guys, I'm, I'm really asking the chat because I'm looking for suggestions for the for family time. Let me know. Travis. Hoping we can find a true right tackle in the draft next year. Hmm. Well, that kid from Minnesota, he's got uh, some upside, man. He's a very interesting young guy. As long as he can keep his weight under control, he's a guy that's going to have a shelf life in the league. And they need to find that guy. Just Even if they bring back a veteran on a one-year deal, just please draft the right tackle of the future. Um, okay, here's Yvonne saying, Zach, I thought you were a pro Dan Quinn guy for the next head coach, which is your top candidate. I think he's confusing Kellen, uh, Kellen Moore with uh, yeah. Dan Quinn. 
Yeah, that's my preferred guy right there. The OC, not the DC. Dan Quinn is like a Vic Fangio, in my opinion. He's a better coordinator than he is a head coach. I wouldn't want the Broncos to gamble and to keep going backward, hiring an older defensive-minded guy and not going for a younger offensive-minded guy. So if they're going to pluck from Dallas, Kellen Moore is my number one. Clayton says, let him hate, guys. Eat crow. Sorry, I think we make the playoffs. We hope you're right, dog. We want to have a huddle up podcast in the month of January <laughs> covering a Bronco yeah. game. I want to cover meaningful. a playoff game, man. It'd be so rad. Six seasons. Goose yeah. Eight. Zach, Zach, since he's been on the Broncos beat, hasn't been able to cover a successful team. Nine and seven was the best he got. Gary Kubiak. That was my first year. year. <laughs> Kub's last and, and Kelb's first. So we're hoping Pain. for it. Trust. Pain. Kayaka. Yeah. Look into it, big dog. Look into that. Um, all right, guys, if, unless there's anything burning. Uh, we'll, real quick, uh, James, I can help you out here. It, it's He's questionable right now. It's going to be a game-time decision. It, he's trending like he's playing, though. So if you have him in fantasy, I would leave him in your lineups, but monitor about an hour and a half before kickoff tomorrow. I, I think it's at 430 of the game. But right now, he's looking like he's in a clear protocol in time to go. Uh, by the way, Lawrence, we're not sure what rule you're talking about. We saw the stars. Thanks, bro. Um, you'd have to give us some context there. Roughing the passer. I, I ain't going. <laughs> can't, can't get rid of me that easy, guys. Sorry. Um, let's see. Yeah, you guys, you guys, uh, be, be nice. Yep. Last one here from Randy. Wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm just scanning the chat, Zach, to see if there's any additional Thanksgiving movie recommends. And I'm, I'm really not seeing anything. So, I guess it's Planes, Trains. The only problem with Planes, Trains, guys, is what I think is one of the best scenes in the movie. But you can't watch it with your kids. The F-bomb tirade for the, uh, you know, what is it? The car rental? Yes. Right? Uh, gal? That poor woman, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're messing with the wrong guy. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Zach, if you want to do the rundown, I'll pull up Facebook, see how we finish today. I mean, only could their genius make a shower curtain ring salesman, you know, just brilliant. What a great movie that is. A little sad at times, too, but a great movie. Uh, this was the Huddle Up Pod. We'll be back on tomorrow night for a special Thanksgiving edition of the Huddle Up Podcast, getting you ready for Week 12 against the Chargers. But in the meantime, follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, breakdowns, and so much more at Mile Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself. Ed Kelberman, NFL. Go to huddleuppod.com right now and get yourself a football preset like Chad and I are wearing, football pre-shirt, hoodie. It's all at that store, huddleuppod.com. Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button, guys. Instant access to our VIP programming, including Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win a hat, jersey, hoodie, jersey, <laughs> hat, shirt, hoodie, coffee cup, etc. Each and every month we're giving away from some free swag. Also, please, guys, if you can't do any of those things, we ask you to do these three things. It takes five seconds or so. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single How We Freaking Day video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And how Shout we out to uh, each and every one of you for being with us tonight and to these top star senders. 
Shout out to Andrew Baker finishing on top today on Facebook, followed by Randy Jones, Miguel, Travis, Yvonne, Mike, Lawrence, Andrew, Claude, Gary, and George. And then also, I got to shout out the uh, Super Chat superstars today who contributed to the cause, helping us keep the lights on on uh, the eve of Thanksgiving. Dave from Georgia, Kayaka, 727 Mill, and Tom El Greco. Appreciate you guys, as Zach said. Hit the links. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Pods. Even if you're enjoying the podcast with us live every night, you don't listen after the fact on demand. If you're a, if you're an iPhone user, go leave us that five-star review. Helps us out a ton. Helps to grow the pod and expose it to new Broncos fans. And you enter, gives you a little chance to get a little something-something. So happy Thanksgiving. Love, respect to each and every one of you. Travel safe. Give your families our best here at MHH. And we'll see you tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, Chad. Happy Thanksgiving, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you in Broncos country. Take care, and until next time, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.